here I am with Dawn Anderson. Her name reminds me of the rising sun. Welcome. Hi, Jason. You that okay? That was rubbish. <laughs> You're looking really embarrassed. I <laughs> know. We're going to have to start again then. <laughs> SEO is AEO. Welcome to the show, Dawn Anderson. Hello. That was better. <laughs> I think I might leave both on. I actually wrote the little introductory okay. song and it was rubbish. <laughs> no, I looked at your face there. and it was, oh my Lord, what has he done? <laughs> no, he's good, yeah. No, no, no. I really wanted to talk to you. We're at Brighton SEO. We're actually sitting on the beach, we more are, or less. We are, yes, yeah, we are. Uh, on the in beach, the evening. More or less, yeah. And what I wanted to talk about co occurrence, relatedness, context clouds, and Bert. Yeah. Let's start with co-occurrence because it, it was you who first told me about it and it's my top favourite thing that you told me. Yeah, so, uh, well, it's actually really, really old. Uh, it's, I cannot claim credit for this thing uh, at all. It's been around a really long time and it actually goes way, 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 way back to, I think it was like oh, 1947, 1957, something like that. Before uh, I was born, that's yeah, lovely. Yeah, and me too, yeah. Uh, and... Uh, it's kind of really related to somebody called Firth, John Firth, uh, and Firthian linguistics. And the, the mantra, if you like, and the sentence that everybody remembers it by is, you shall know a word by the company it keeps. Oh, brilliant. That's I now know where that comes yeah, from and why it. that's important. Yeah, exactly. Because brilliant. effectively what it says is that in context, uh, certain words coexist with other words and understanding what words sit together provides us with a difference, different context. So for instance, if we talk about uh, shore, then we talk about sea, uh, beach, as we are now, then you realise that it's by the seaside, etc. Uh, so that is kind of the co-occurrence, that's almost like a vector, yeah. and a vector is where words almost sit together in a certain mathematical space. I love it. And I, I love the example because that was the example you gave me the first time and I've been using it in talks. Yeah. And then I say, Dawn, <laughs> tell me all about this. But I cannot we're actually in the right place. Yeah, we are. On, yeah, absolutely. But, but why do you use that example? Because somebody else said, oh, because you just love beaches. Just because that actually is in a lot of papers I've read uh, on okay. co-occurrence. It, it provides examples. Uh, I read a lot of papers. Uh, academic papers and journals etc and a lot of them talk about uh, co-occurrence and the examples that are often provided are sure is always included in there really? uh, yeah and road is another one as well Ooh, uh, can I make a really stupid comment yeah sure is a type of microphone and so is road ah exactly so you know you wouldn't example you wouldn't for example see C in the context of the shore microphone so you'd then you'd, you'd be able to or gig yeah exactly or, yeah. so you'd be able to disambiguate between one set one word versus Brilliant. the other in context and that's really what it's about it's kind so of you, what lives with the other word you, you're the woman who reads academic papers bill strasky reads patents and gennaro Corfano reads financial statements yeah love it but you know what a lot of the patents also, if you go to the bottom of the patents, you'll see a lot of the papers that are referenced in those patents. Mm. Uh, that, so the They're papers, academic papers. Yeah, of course, yeah. So the papers are peer-reviewed. So we know that, I mean, there's a huge amount of blog posts out there by various people in the industry, and that's 
and obviously a lot of them are really, really credible and written by really great SEOs. Yeah. Uh, but I tend to like to look at papers as well because I know that they've been through a very stringent peer review process. Yeah. Uh, and um, I find that if I follow a lot of the researchers in natural language and just general search generally, uh, you tend to see what's coming down the path. Can I make, sorry, another question. Uh, these academic papers are yeah. then what the commerce is built on. Tends to, tends to be, yeah. So if also, you're in the academic papers, you've got a, a jump on the on the commercial side. It tends to tends to be that things appear there first, and then yeah. they then they get implemented in some way. Not always, because obviously not all all not all knowledge is worthy of implementation, because academic papers really are just a very small addition to the body of knowledge, if you like. But it's always very specific. Yeah, exactly. They tend to be, but also. We, we need to bear in mind that a lot of the academic papers are not just written by academics. Really? Oh yeah, no, loads, oh, of, the, loads, of, the <laughs> academic, loads of the academic papers are written by industrial researchers. So for instance, okay. Spotify have a huge amount of, acad of academic papers that they submit, they're research papers, but they're industrial researchers. But, sorry, so they're in academia, but they're sponsored by Spotify? No, or... no, no. They're, they're oh. academics that have moved into industry. So, for instance, okay. one of my favourite academic researchers that now works in industry is Munia Laumas, who's, I think she's, I'm not sure, but she's uh, chief data scientist at Spotify. Okay. But she was previously at Yahoo, yeah, okay. uh, labs. And she's uh, an academic that now practices in industry, but she still continues to be a researcher, but in practice. So a lot of it is implemented in practice. Same with Ricardo Beza Yates, who is a professor, and he's very, very highly cited. He wrote Modern Information Retrieval. It has about 17,000 citations. It is the textbook that is used in all of the universities by computer scientists studying information retrieval. But he also works commercially for Intent, which is a semantic understanding commercial company. Brilliant. So a lot of those people have a huge amount of value that they add into industry as well. You look at Google and you've got the likes of Mark Najork, who works in Google on uh, the information retrieval and natural language understanding and web crawling side of things. But he's a very respected academic researcher, but an industrial researcher. So. Brilliant. Just because they're not teaching every day in a university doesn't mean that they're not contributing yeah, to the body I, of knowledge. I mean, I, I, I associate academia with the universities. No. And in fact, academia is studying huge, without... Yeah, you know, there's a huge amount of these conferences on information retrieval that actually they work very hard to ensure that they have a 50-50 split of industry and academia presenting their Brilliant. research. So, yeah, some people choose to stay in, in, in academia... There's a huge amount of really great stuff that comes out of uh, Glasgow University on mm -hmm. this field. Not just information retrieval, but computer-human interaction. But there's also, uh, Google do a huge amount of uh, research, AI, the AI team, mm. for instance. So they have huge, huge amounts of computer scientists working on the research, but it's in practice. Not everything is implemented, obviously. Yeah, I, I really like the idea of research and knowledge sometimes not implementable is that a word Im implementable is that well 
it's probably always implementable somewhere, but it's not necessarily, it's like anything, it's like even in SEO, there's lots of knowledge that we have, but there's always got to be a business case for it. Yeah. Brilliant. So just because we say, hey, this would be a great idea, it doesn't necessarily transfer into actual, actual practice. Sorry, that just made me, I mean, the whole podcast for me, what I'm doing is I just want to learn. I want to, I want to understand yeah, that. And, yeah, and you're going, but too. a lot of this is absolutely, absolutely not useful in a day-to-day making money environment. I agree, but at the same time, understanding what's going on is very useful in a day-to-day yeah. making money environment because you can see the wave of change. Mm. When you know the wave of change and you can see almost like every, every bit of research has to be funded. Yeah. So for it to be funded, it has to have some sort of viable value. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't believe that Google would be funding, funding research if there wasn't some plan at some point to understand more about users or to uh, to implement things in some way, shape, or form, however small or large that is. And the same with any with any um, any if you like PhD, which has to. I mean, getting a PhD is really difficult. Yeah, so no. I understand. I've never got one, so I don't no. know. You've got one. No, I haven't. No, no. Would you get no, one? I've got a master's, but um, the challenge is actually coming up with a PhD that actually will get support a whole team of researchers to support you and it okay. has to fit in with a field that somebody else who's already looking to further their knowledge or further their research or further supervise in that area is they're supposed they need to support it so actually to get a phd supported is quite a big deal so yeah. the point is that google wouldn't be funding things and sending researchers to support PhDs if they didn't think there was something that could add to the body of knowledge. Yeah. And that's yeah. the point of a PhD. You and have that to presumably they're expecting or hoping that it will be applicable in a commercial environment. Exactly. It has to. The whole point of a PhD is it has to add to the unknown body of knowledge. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. okay. And I, it, I think a lot of people way, don't realise like, that, including yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, anybody can take a master's. I've got a master's, yeah. I don't. Uh, well, I didn't get a normal degree, so, you know, I didn't do what a normal degree. degree. I didn't do one. Yeah, I, oh, I went back into you education. just completely skipped it? Yeah, I went back. In, I was working for years and years, and then I, I was in digital for, like, 10 years before I then decided I'm going to expand on my knowledge here and just understand more about digital strategy, etc. And then I took a postgrad, skipped the normal degree, took a postgrad, wow. and then went and took a master straight after. So the point is... Um, any, anybody can apply to do a master's, not anybody. Well, anybody can apply to do a PhD, but not everybody will be accepted because you have to have a compelling uh, piece of research that actually is going to contribute to the body of knowledge for yeah. it to be accepted the, and the, funded because they're yeah, exactly. really expensive. Sorry, what I was hearing there is what you just said is yeah. uh, PhD needs to push knowledge further yeah. and be funded. Yeah, and they're about 20 grand fund at least. So... Oh, really right. expensive, yeah. Okay. So the point is, I don't believe that search engines or academia would be funding things that didn't provide some value down the line. Brilliant stuff. Yeah. Okay. We weren't talking about that at all. We were talking about <laughs> co-occurrence, yeah. 
something else, and you were you were contacts cloud, sorry, and you mentioned Bert, which is incredibly interesting, and we don't know much about yeah, it. Yeah, we cool. don't know huge. Well, I don't know a huge amount about this, but I came across it last week, and then I realised that it must be really, really new because I saw somebody share on Twitter. It's one of the academic researchers uh, share on Twitter that Bert got in, and it was about the same thing, and he was talking about how this paper, Bert which is uh, to do with natural language processing and understanding. It's, I can't even remember the full anagram of it, but I remember it's bi bi-directional. So, in, in other words, it kind of looks both ways. Yeah, you were saying that. I, I was thinking immediately of, of uh, natural language processing was squinting and was able to look just in one direction at a time and now all of a sudden it's got this 2020 exactly, vision. Exactly, that's So we're quite. looking at NLP with 2020 vision. Yeah. I was reading about it and he was saying that this is almost seen as like the next big move in natural language processing and understanding context mm. because historically uh, in natural language processing and under language understanding there's this co-occurrence context window mm. yeah so if you like if you've got a sentence the quick wrote the quick brown fox from jumps over the lazy dog mm. which is often used in examples mm. you might have a context window of uh, n-gram equals like two so that means you've got the word that you're analyzing in the middle and you're looking at either two words on the left oh, right. or two words on the right i understand Context now window. Sorry. And the window moves along the words and looks at two on the left or two on the right bert looks at bert. both sides i know my pomeranian is called bert <laughs> so i was like most excited but the point is with pomeranian this pomeranian is a dog for anyone who doesn't understand. yeah yeah my pomeranian dog yeah yeah but the point is bert looks at both sides of the word simultaneously so it's bi-directional two sides oh, of the context window at the same time to further understand the context a single word has on what sentence it's in can i ask a question then that makes semantic triples much easier to grasp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you've got the, 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 the entity, the relationship and the entity, and if it's looking both ways, it's getting both entities with the relationship in one go. Yeah, is that, is yeah, that well, Or am I, I, th or am I, th I being no, silly? I th no, 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 not at all. But I think that is, this is kind of separate. Yeah, oh, because, sorry. Well, maybe, well, maybe it's not. But for me, uh, RDF triples um, tend to be mapped differently to cut to this context window yeah i think this okay. is more in unstructured text yeah mm. so you've got like a corpus of like you know a million words and you're trying to understand it in an unstructured scenario mm. whereas dardia triples tend to be well they are lifted out of um of unstructured text yeah. but they kind of tend to be built already yeah okay yeah so they're like over there they've already been extracted and built Whereas this might be trying to understand a body of natural language in some... I mean, it might even expand into conversational search as well. Understanding a full verbal utterance, they call it, a sentence that's spoken. Mm. So it might be that it's used in that kind of thing. So, yeah, it probably does kind of fit together. Yeah. No, it, it's, a, it's a really big deal. Yeah, we, we... it seems to be, yeah. And people were going a bit nuts about the fact <laughs> that Bert had got into this uh, conference. Uh, Hang on, Bert had got into this conference. I'm <laughs> thinking of Bert and Ernie. The Pomeranian. Uh, yeah, and he's uh, kind of turned over this uh, conference with his puppet, yeah. sorry. <laughs> but, um, but that was only last week uh, mm. that, that, was, that somebody said, hey, Bert got through. So clearly Bert is very, very new. Yeah, and I was reading about it and it said 
this is this is the next big wave in natural language processing understanding context in both directions rather than looking at yeah. left or right of the word yeah and i mean for me that i mean that brings back to the fact that it's moving so fast how how do we keep up oh I mean, well, I can't keep up. I I'm talking to people I like can't, you and I can't I, keep up. I can't keep up. Uh, who can? Oh, I was, I was hoping can. you could help me keep up. <laughs> I can, I, no, I can't keep up either. God, they're just unbelievable. There's like an explosion of stuff everywhere. Um, but one thing I would say as well on that, on that, just skipping back to the Bert thing. <laughs> um, I was thinking about um, how that might actually feed into... Uh, lost forgot what I was going to say no she's looking out of the sea admiring the view uh, and she's completely forgotten what she was saying I think I need Bert might feed into I think I need Bert to like get more context again (laughs) (laughs) no no that was it no sorry I've remembered now yeah Bert's got you back on track it has yeah yeah so um I believe that actually I forgot what again I forgot again oh no no, rank brain. That was it. Rank brain. Yeah, rank brain. Seriously, I've lost my brain. Yeah, because you know the notion of um, these context windows is used with understanding queries that have never been said before. Yeah. yeah? And yeah. then there's this notion of either continuous bag of words or skip gram, which is the opposite. Yeah. What was that? Skip, skip gram. gram. Yeah. Wow. Where you feed in words and then build this virtual training layer to understand the differences in semantic. Uh, vectors between different contexts by adding two sides because that context window is used for rank brain understanding yeah just moving this window across so I I believe that that having two sides of the context will be massive for rank brain understanding so that will be where they'll be huge yeah that the the almost like the machine learning side of it yeah Yeah. my chin just dropped about yeah about so I think that's gonna be massive because that's kind of used together. Yeah. So we don't really know where it's going, but it's no. obviously massive because but people the are unidirectional versus the bidirectional yeah, is going to be incredibly powerful. Yeah, huge. Yeah, because and, yeah, understanding context in these two two sides of a window. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the context cloud is going to take this incredibly yeah, big leap. Yeah, exactly. In the, yeah, in the people coming are years. going nuts about it. Yeah. Can I ask a question? How long is it going to take for this to really affect what we're doing? Oh, who knows? Uh, things are moving really quickly. Too uh, quickly for me. Me too, yeah. Me too. Things are moving really, really quickly. And um, I attend some really good uh, conferences that are worth following to see how quickly these things are moving are uh, the European Conference for Information Retrieval. Okay. That's on like every year. It's on in like next week. And I'll be following that very closely. Um, that's look. You should see the papers there. there t- there's a lot of stuff around conversational search. Yeah. Google's Enrique Alfonseco is speaking on Industry Day about what they're doing with natural language processing, conversational search, and Google Assistant. <coughs> yep. So that's going to be massive, yeah. And then you have Christian Balog, who's a professor from Norway, whose sole career has been around understanding entities, entity-oriented search. I want to meet him. Because, well, yeah, it's amazing because well, everything, we everything literally <laughs> is around NC-oriented search now. It's like yeah, understanding that, how everything on a page is a thing or a concept and brilliant. how it all ties back to maybe Wikipedia and disambiguation and connections and relationships. He's got a brilliant book called NC-oriented search, which is free and on open access. 
which Didn't is amazing. You share that with yeah, me it's amazing. Yeah. It's like a 300 page book looking at everything around knowledge bases and knowledge repositories and understanding the difference between a knowledge base and a knowledge repository and how it's all connected together and how it all then maps to the unstructured text on the web. And he actually, interestingly, is, although he's a professor from Norway, he's also visiting at the moment on sabbatical working at Google. Okay. And you've read this book? I've read the majority of it. It's (laughs) huge, yeah. I've read the majority of it. uh, And he's got a great section on named entity recognition as well. Which obviously, you must. It's free. You know, it's like... When you go on holiday, just read it. (laughs) (laughs) When you go on holiday, you're reading... Literally, when you can't get Wi-Fi, save the PDF. It's a PDF. You can just save it to your computer and just read read sections of it even. So you'll be amazed. Uh, And he won the Karen Spark Award. And Karen Spark is the lady, Karen Spark Jones, is the lady that I think it was like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, people thought she was mad. For right. saying, look, linguistics can be tied to understanding con- uh, the web and computer science and build all these formulas around, you know, things like BM25 and t- TF-IDF and so forth, and yeah. basically mapped words to maths. Oh, dearie me. Vectors and, yeah. And 20 years ago she was doing this, people were saying you're mad, well, and now everyone's going, yeah, obvious. Exactly, yeah. Or yeah, exactly. interesting, or... Yeah, exactly. Let's do a PhD about it. Yeah, exactly. And it's all it's about now, really. Understanding ling- language more and more and more. Understanding language more and more within the idea of entities, knowledge graphs and... Context. Context. Thank you. That was really, really, really good. SEO is AO. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you. <laughs>